You are listening to Electric Bike Radio. Welcome to episode 26 of Electric Bike Radio. Heads up. I'm Dwayne, and as always, I'm here with my co-host, Jared. Hey, Dwayne. So this week, we're going to talk about bike helmets. Maybe this is a little less controversial than yelling on your left, but I doubt it. We'll see. Yeah, we should start with our normal disclaimer that we're not uh, safety or medical experts. We just share our thoughts and our research, and we recognize this is uh, America. You can do whatever you want, and uh, we won't scold you or make you feel bad if you don't want to wear a helmet, but... We wear helmets, and we generally think you should too, but, you know, you be you. That's right, Dwayne. Um, we're both generally for helmets, and given what we do for our real lives outside of the recording studio, I suppose that's no surprise. Um, we also both have kids, and uh, helmets are obviously important to protect your children as you go out and legally required in a lot of places. So even if it's not required, though, helmets save lives, and they prevent serious injury. Yeah, we've taken a look. There's some there's some great studies. There have been a lot of studies over the years that show that the use of bicycle helmets has found to reduce head injury by almost half and serious head injuries by like 60%. Uh, significant saving on you know, traumatic brain injuries, face injuries, and even reducing cyclist deaths by about a third. So, uh, you know, bicycle helmets really can make a difference. And we're not saying you have to wear some heavy or uncomfortable thing. For uh, electric bikes, in the sense that we always talk about them on this show, you know, you're riding them casually or, you know, 15, 20 miles an hour is kind of your average top speed and you're pedaling. You don't need to go get a full-face motorcycle helmet or anything. Just a good, solid bike helmet is great. And they're not as ugly as they used to be. They're not as expensive if you want a lightweight one anymore like they used to be. There's not really a good reason not to wear a helmet except that you just don't want to. And there's lots of good reasons to wear one. And I think it's worth noting that while uh, helmet laws are generally in place for kids, uh, for kids under 16 or under 18, most jurisdictions require a helmet, a lot of places don't require helmets for adults. Uh, For the most part, adults can kind of do what they want. But there are some, in doing some research for this, Jared, I noticed there are actually some cities, there's some municipalities that require helmets even for adults. And interestingly, uh, the state of Connecticut requires adults that are riding an e-bike to wear a helmet. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah, I didn't realize any jurisdictions distinguished based on e-bikes versus regular bikes for helmet use. That's really interesting. And, and of course, that's the only requirement I've heard for helmets for adults, period, right? Have you seen any, any other ones? Just there are some towns, I didn't uh, make note of where they are, but there are some municipalities that have like local helmet laws that are stricter, mm. but not on a statewide level. Um, I didn't see any states that require adults to wear helmets on regular bikes. So I guess the most important key here is to make sure you know the law where you are and make sure you go check out your local uh, requirements. But for most people, most adults who are listening to the show, Helmets are not a requirement. Now, that being said, I will tell you that where we ride uh, in Florida, I would say the majority of adults that I see out on the bike trail are wearing helmets. 
And when you get to like organized bike rides, the, the number is even higher. I would say the, the last organized ride, I was just sort of taking a look around and I would say probably close to 80 or maybe even more, 80, 85% of the people on the ride wear helmets. So it might depend on exactly who you're riding with, but certainly mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty common for adults to wear bike helmets. Yeah, I agree on organized rides. I see far more people not wearing helmets just when they're independent, especially over uh, over here in Tampa and um, on the Riverwalk, places like that. I'm not sure why that is. Uh, it just seems like not a lot of people wear it on the Riverwalk, but other trails in town and you know, certainly most of the trails that you and I ride on in Pinellas County or Pasco County, it seems like most people do wear them regardless of what they're doing. So not all helmets, though, are created equal. We should talk a little bit about the helmets themselves. You know, helmets are critical safety equipment. If you're going to be wearing them, you want them to do the job they're supposed to do. So we generally suggest sticking with established brands, uh, mm-hmm. you know, known bike brands. You know, buying a, a cheap helmet on Amazon may not be the way to go because <laughs> you don't necessarily <laughs> know where that's coming from, right? I looked on Amazon just before the show, and I found, you know, you can buy a $22 bike helmet on Amazon from a manufacturer I've never heard of, and I'm not sure that's, I'm not sure I would trust that. You know, Dwayne, especially when you can get an inexpensive helmet from a recognized manufacturer from your local Walmart for in the $20 to $30 range. Uh, and that may be, not be the most stylish of all the helmets. It may not be the, the least bulky of all the helmets. But at least then you know it's going to pretty much protect you much better than you will be otherwise. I don't know if you could say the same for an Amazon helmet that with a no-name brand. You kind of just have no idea what you're getting. And I would stay away from them too. Yeah, when you purchase a new helmet, you want to be sure that it has some type of recognized safety certification. And and again, if you're buying a recognized brand, if you're buying a Bell or a Specialized or a Louis Garneau or a Giro or a Bontrager helmet, these are popular brands. It's not an issue, right? They're going to be certified. But if you're buying something you're not sure about, take a look. The most common certification is the CPSC which is the Consumer Product Safety Commission. It'll, there'll be a sticker on the helmet or on the box, or sometimes you, they will have like a Snell certification. Snell is an organization that's been certifying helmets for a very long time. And if you are buying a bike helmet you know, in the U.S. from an uh, established retailer, they have to comply with these standards. So they're, they're, they're going to be there. Sometimes the easiest way to make sure is just to, to buy one of these reputable helmets, but that's just another way to kind of check what you're getting. So helmet technology has come a long way since the leather helmets of yore, like the Red Baron from World War One or the original Tour de France riders. Um, and we're not talking about Bluetooth technology, at least not in this episode. That's, that's going to be a future episode. We're talking about safety technology. Helmets aren't just a bunch of padded styrofoam anymore. There's a lot of uh, design and thought that goes into them. Yeah, if you haven't bought a helmet in the last 10 years, boy, there have been some really significant ad, uh, advances in that technology. There's a couple different technologies that are in the forefront now that are designed to reduce what they call the rotational force of an impact, which is what really contributes to concussions. That rotational motion uh, correlates to how much your brain moves inside your skull when you have uh, you know, a serious impact. And that sounds pleasant. 
Yeah. If you can reduce that rotation during the impact, it really reduces the strain on the brain and reduces the likelihood of serious injury. And there's a couple ways that that is uh, that manufacturers are doing that now. Yeah, one of the most popular ways that they're doing it is called the MIPS Brain Protection System. That's M-I-P-S, MIPS. Uh, a number of different brands use this, and it effectively kind of creates this plastic cage inside the helmet that's separate and apart from the foam on the, on the outside. And it allows the helmet to impact in a certain way that it doesn't create so much rotation um, on your head. Uh, a side benefit of that is that it also, for me, ends up being a much more comfortable helmet and easier to adjust. And that's something I've noticed in the last few helmets I've owned is that I'll always buy a MIPS helmet now because they're just better um, in, in all ways, not just crash. Yeah, it looks a little bit odd or feels a little bit odd at first. I have a MIPS helmet too, and it's almost like a little bit of a suspension system inside where – you know, kind of like a hard hat from a construction site. That's uh, a good way to put it. Yeah, and you think, well, that, that's kind of weird. That doesn't seem solid, but that's just exactly the point, is it's not – it's it's tough and it holds together, but it allows just enough movement that uh, they found that really helps, you know, cushion the impact and, and, and insulate your – your, your brain from the, the torquing rotational forces. It's, it's pretty cool science. And then there's another technology that um, Dwayne, Dwayne looked up while he was doing research for this that I actually hadn't heard about. It's called WaveCell. Uh, one of the newest developments, it's from uh, Trek Bikes and Bontrager. How do you pronounce Bontrager? Yeah, that's it, Bontrager. Bontrager. At least that's the way I pronounce it. <laughs> uh, that's how we're running with it. So um, that's a 2019 technology. And Instead of a sliding component, uh, helmets with this technology have an internal layer with like a, a bendable, malleable plastic that forms almost like a mesh, like a three-dimensional mesh. Almost like a honeycomb look, yeah. And it's uh, just like a honeycomb or just like, frankly, the crushed zones on your car. It's kind of designed to crumple, flex, and glide away when it impacts, um, kind of just to absorb the force and keep that from being translated to your skull. And one of the reasons you may not have heard of WaveCell is that it really is, at this point, I think it's only found in Bontrager helmets, which Bontrager okay. is a division of Trek. So I think that they sort of have the, the corner on that market. But, you know, whether you MIPS or the WaveCell, studies seem to show that they offer comparable levels of protection. So I think either one is fine. Mm-hmm. You've mentioned the upside. I mean, uh, in addition to the safety, there are very comfortable helmets. The only real downside is they're not the cheapest helmets. Um, I think a good MIPS helmet, you have to spend at least $75 or so, and the wave cell ones are probably over 100 So it is a little bit on the higher end, but, uh, you know, your head's worth it. That's true. But also, I don't want to dissuade anybody from, if that's outside your price range, any any reputable uh, helmet from a reputable brand is a thousand times better than nothing. So um, just go get your helmet. And one thing, uh, we started out this saying, if you haven't looked at a helmet in 10 years, here's the new stuff. Well, another thing is if you haven't looked at a helmet in 10 years and you're a helmet wearer, it's time to replace it. Mm-hmm. The experts recommend that you replace a helmet every five years or so, um, even if it hasn't been involved in any sort of accident. And Clearly, if your helmet's been involved in an accident, if you've had any sort of impact to it, then it's, it's 
definitely time to replace it anyway. But but even if you haven't, um, they say every five years is a pretty good uh, benchmark to go out and get a new helmet because they do degrade over time and the technology mm-hmm. improves and it's not a huge investment. You're talking about somewhere between you know thirty, forty to a hundred bucks. Um, if you're riding your bike every five years, that's 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 pretty low uh, when you prorate that over five years. Absolutely. Plus, don't you want the nice, cool-looking helmet every once in a while? I know I do. <laughs> so do you have a cool helmet, Jared? Uh, it depends on who you ask. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a very comfortable helmet. So I have a Giro Agilis, and I bought the brightest, most obnoxious neon yellow helmet I could find. Uh, in part because I ride at night and I didn't necessarily want to get something with batteries that we need to remember to charge with a light on the back. But I wanted something really bright that's impossible not to see if a light shines on it. So this is a MIPS helmet. Um, it has that great system on the back. In fact, I brought one of these to uh, on a trip over to my brother's place in Colorado. I accidentally left it there. I bought another one of the exact same helmets as soon as I got home and realized what I had done. Um, great helmet. Uh, it cost about $70 when I bought it, which was a year, year and a half ago. Of course, prices have gone up. Yay for for COVID and pandemic inflation and whatnot. <laughs> so looking on Amazon today, it looks like it's about $99. But again, it's fantastic. Very happy with it. Um, I'll also tag in one more thing. Um, my daughter, Julia, who's eight, because I like my helmet so much, we got her basically what looks like the slightly smaller kids version of the helmet for her. So she has a Giro Hail. I think I want to say that one costs about $60. I didn't go look up the price of that again, but very similar looking. Hers is, of course, pink with a cool purple and blue design on it, um, but very similar and really easy to adjust for her. It's got a little rotating dial on the back to cinch it down and these straps I don't have a lot of fidgeting to them to even them out. So that's great on any kid when you're trying to get them to be happy wearing their helmet and stay comfortable all the time. makes it a lot easier to make sure that she wears it all the time. So highly recommend both of those. Yeah, and I am using a Bontrager helmet. I have a Bontrager uh, Quantum, which is one of their MIPS-equipped helmets. Um, I bought mine in white, uh, kind of for the same reason as you, just for good visibility. Mm-hmm. Um, I also tell myself that it's cooler in the summer. I'm not sure if that's technically or scientifically <laughs> true, but uh, it's a great helmet. It's very comfortable. It has great uh, ventilation. Uh, Bontrager calls it their do-anything helmet. You know, it's appropriate for any type of riding you might want to do. And it was about $115, if I remember right. I bought it at my local bike shop. And one thing to note about the helmets we both just listed is that they're both kind of middle of the road. They're They're – a little pricey, but not too bad. They're certainly not your $200 or $250 helmets you find at some bike shops for um, that road bikers will like for aerodynamics. They're not generally that aerodynamic, but that's not really what I'm looking for. And uh, that's okay. Just uh, getting a helmet is the most important thing, and getting one that fits and is comfortable so you'll wear it is probably the very most important thing. Now, we both mentioned local bike shops, and I think that that's important too. You know, Fit is really important when you buy a helmet. Um, mm-hmm. You want it to fit not only for comfort because you'll ri- you'll wear it more uh, if it's comfortable, 
but also because it has to fit right to adequately protect your head, right? For it to really do the job that it's doing, it has to fit tight enough, uh, but not too tight, that sort of thing. So uh, I think helmets are a great thing to buy at your local bike shop where you can actually put a few of them on, see what you like, um, see what fits, get some advice. Uh, and plus, I just I like to support my local bike shop uh, because if we if we don't, they won't continue to be in business. So those are some of our thoughts on helmets. If you have any interesting uh, points about yours or you have helmets you like, or probably more importantly, you have helmets that you really don't like and everybody should avoid, let us know. And I wanted to throw in a quick programming note, Jared, for, for the super fans who are still listening. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, <laughs> We should say that our schedule has been a little bit inconsistent the last couple of weeks. Uh, you and I have both had a lot of things going on in our real lives that have that have kept us very busy. But I think that mm-hmm. we are through that, and we seem to be back on track. And we've got, in fact, a couple episodes in the can already. Uh, we're finally going to get around to our electric bike company bike review. That should be next week. And we also have a interesting interview with a CEO of a major bike company uh, that we've already recorded and that will be coming out. So uh, some stuff to look forward to. Absolutely. So please follow or subscribe to the show on your podcast player of choice so you don't miss any of this great content coming up. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter or email us at ebikeradio at gmail.com. Our contact information and links to things that we mentioned in the show are always in our show notes, but you can also go straight to our website at www.ebikeradio.com. As always, thank you for listening and stay tuned to Electric Bike Radio. Mm-hmm.